welcome back to another episode of Weekly Pop. My name is Emma Sasek. And I'm Kevin Schwaller. And sadly, oh, do you want to say it? I was going to let you say it. (laughs) We are sadly um, not together recording this Weekly Pop. Sigh. Ooh, that's a good word to to use for this episode. I know. Mother of size. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of something with ballet, but I can't. You're on point. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever that means. (laughs) Yeah, we are not together anymore. No, that was really fun last week. It was. It was such a special episode and very easy to do. Mm -hmm. But to make up for it, we are talking about two all-timers today. Yes. Um, We were kind of thinking of a good Halloween horror movie double feature. And we just both happened to love when white women go to crazy dance studios (laughs) so we decided to revisit two of our favorites black swan which we've talked about several times and also suspiria which we've talked about several times i think including last week you were wearing your suspiria sweatshirt when we recorded Mm -hmm. i'm not even wearing it this time and we're talking about it (laughs) actually hold on i'll be right back (laughs) better better uh, if I were to wear that sweater, I would just combust from how hot it is here. It was really nice to be out of the heat for a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet. You're literally <laughs> fighting for your life right now. I'm watching I it. Am. <laughs> Today, we're going to start off with the Academy Award winning film, Black Swan, directed by Ooh. Darren Aronofsky, starring our mother, Natalie Portman, in an Oscar winning role for the ages. Oh my god. I know. And <laughs> also starring Mila Kunis, Winona Ryder as an even more crazy deranged white woman, Vincent Cassell, and unfortunately Natalie Portman's former husband. Oh yeah. Well actually, didn't he cheat on her or something? He did. Oh then yeah, never mind. Mm-hmm. He he not you, you can choke. <laughs> Yeah, Natalie met him on the set. We talked about this already, but Natalie met him on the set of Black Swan, actually, because he was, I believe, he was in the movie, but also he might have choreographed the movie, too. Oh, yeah. Mm, Whatever. Sorry to that man. Do you remember the first time you watched this movie? I do. It was illegally. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. She won the Golden Globe, and I remember being, like, really into the trailer and all the commercials. And what what, what was 2010? So how old were we? 15 yeah 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 sorry guys we're young (laughs) (laughs) um and i was like i need to watch this movie and i found like the streamer online should i be saying this (laughs) Uh, it's it's been like 13 years it's fine and i watched it in my room after she won and i was like this is so inappropriate i can't believe Mm -hmm. i'm watching this (laughs) but yeah i loved it i remember watching it with my mom because it showed up on like either like showtime or hbo or something like that immediately after i watched it i was like shit i should have been a ballerina i should have been unstable as her <laughs> yeah yeah you should you actually are <laughs> yes i'm unstable but not a ballerina on the verge of stardom <laughs> there you go <laughs> yes um this movie is crazy iconic and it was a major success i think it got like five oscar nominations we already talked about natalie winning it was only for best picture director Should have been several more, but I guess Mm -hmm. technically they stole from Swan Lake, so they can't really do, like, the score. (laughs) Right. Um, But so the movie, obviously, for everyone that has seen it and wants to revisit it, as you should, as you should every... Honestly, this movie is, like, not even, like, a Halloween movie to me. It's, like, more of, like, a wintertime movie. But it is, like... A little bit, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I felt a lot more at, like, in the spooky mood watching, rewatching Suspiria the other day. Yes, I... I think it's the coats. The coats that they wear in this movie just make me feel very warm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is actually a Christmas movie. (laughs) I I was about to say, it's it's kind of a Christmas movie. (laughs) Um, It follows Natalie's Nina Sayers, a young dancer with the New York Ballet Company. And she lives with her crazy-ass psycho mom, (laughs) who is played by Barbara Hershey. And also, honestly, she should have been nominated, too. She was scary as shit. She was. She gets real vicious. Mm Mm-hmm. And the company is going to be opening with this kind of remodel of Swan Lake. Vincent Cassell's character, Tomas, is kind of saying like, yeah, it's overdone, but we're going to do it differently. And we're going to like bring it back to life and everything. But that requires uh, basically forcing um, Winona Ryder's Beth into retirement. Mm-hmm. 
and they had to find a new swan queen. And I would love to know, I mean, was it just because she was old? Was it because she was fucking Tomas and he got tired of her? <laughs> Do you know what's crazy is that, like, we just talked about how this came out in 2010. I only really, I didn't even know at the time that that was Winona Ryder. I just, like, didn't, you know what I mean? And at she the time, like, different. she does. I mean, like, looking back now, like, watching it again, it's like, oh, no, that's obviously Winona Ryder. And this was, like, before Stranger Things. So she mm-hmm. really wasn't, like, didn't have a lot going on at that time. Yeah. Um. So to me, it was crazy because I thought she genuinely was so much older from how they were talking about her. And they were talking about her in menopause and all this stuff. I just said menopause. So it's, like, weirdly, menopause. <laughs> Men-o-pause. Men-o-pause. <laughs> Um, so I generally thought she was like 50 something when they made Black Swan. I know. And I'm just like, they're like, she's ancient. She's old news. And I'm like, she's probably like 36 years old. If if even. Yeah, no, fully. <laughs> <laughs> As a result, somebody needs to play the Swan Queen. And if you want to play the Swan Queen, you must play both the White Swan and the Black Swan. A very intense dual role in this very intense production of Swan Lake. Uh, Nina is the perfect white swan because she's so angelic. She's a perfect little girl. I mean, she's living with her mom uh, who is like coddling her still to this day. I would not be surprised if her mom is like feeding her (laughs) dinners. (laughs) No, fully. Also, she has like like that like bright pink room and like literally a children's bed and like all those like dolls and stuff. Yeah, like it's and she is at what, 20, oh God, probably 24. 25 maybe Do yeah. we even, would we assume that? Like that yeah i would assume that something like that um so she's perfect for the white swan the black swan though you kind of have to show mm, you gotta be a little uh <laughs> for the black swan and she doesn't have uh <laughs> but mila kunis does <laughs> yes she does mila kunis's character lily is a new dancer in the company who is just gorgeous and Mm -hmm. she has that like black swan uh, appeal to (laughs) her (laughs) and that oppresses Tomas and so Nina already off of her rocker as is continues (laughs) to be off of her rocker and very strange things start happening once you get a little too obsessed with a role like weird shit goes on absolutely also um i wrote a paper i think it was like it, had, it was a 10 page paper in my oh, senior God. film class in college on black swan and the psychoanalytic lens on it or something like that it was great it was the I, only one that <laughs> did well do you remember that <laughs> i do remember this actually it was not that hard to do but people just didn't understand the assignment but i think they picked like their favorite movie and tried to apply some theory to it that didn't match with it but i don't know i'm watching a psychological horror film so yeah psychoanalytic sounds like it makes sense but anyway i have like a lot of weird knowledge and like fun facts on black swan and natalie portman she has like in general like a like a more lighter voice i don't know how to say it, like a high like a more mm-hmm. cherubic i guess voice and mm-hmm. so when she was younger doing star wars and all those movies like when she was kind of aging out of that she said she wasn't being cast in a lot of stuff because of her voice so she started like working with people like on lowering it and making it more like more of an adult and then so for this role they actually were like no we like want you to talk like a child so she had to go back to doing that (laughs) oh that's so cool I had no idea Mm -hmm. and it's true (laughs) I mean that's the one thing that does stick out to me among many things with her performance like there are times where she's like running away from her mom she's like no stop (laughs) like she has this very very high-pitched squeal (laughs) And then meanwhile, Mila has that, that low, raspy kind of sexy voice, too. So they honestly, the casting in this is just uh. spectacular. Mm-hmm. Padme versus Meg from Family Guy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Not Meg. Um, like you said, a lot of uh, weird stuff starts kind of slowly happening. Um, she ends up biting Tomas while like <laughs> very poorly seducing him. <laughs> <laughs> and that turns them on like crazy because she gets the role of the Swan Queen. <laughs> she does. Gotta do what you gotta do, girls. I guess people are assuming that Nina is now doing sexual favors for Tomas and Beth is hit by a car. But I think, doesn't he think that she thinks she jumped in front of it? Something like that, yeah. Because he, 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 I remember he was like, but I personally think she jumped in front of the car. Like, that's that dangerous oomph about Beth that you don't have. Like, I fully remember him saying something like that. That's the black swan coming out of her, which is just suicidal, <laughs> apparently. I'm thinking of Molly Shannon in Scary Movie 5 now. <laughs> That's a triple feature, actually. This, there we Suspiria, go. and Scary Movie 5. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you are right. I do remember Beth 
playing the Swan Queen and them talking about how she's like kind of off her rocker and she just seems very like vicious towards Nina whenever they have like an opportunity to speak with each other um so maybe there's just something not right with the ballet company that they're at <laughs> I can't wait till we get to the next dance company <laughs> oh god <laughs> but like we talked about Lily is essentially the black swan down I think like literally each cast member in this it has like their name slash like Natalie Portman is billed as Nina Sire slash white swan Milikunas Lily slash Black Swan, Tomas is the gentleman. Barb Hershey's the queen. Like it's it's. Uh, oh, and then um, Winona Ryder's the dying swan. Sorry, Beth. Right. Um, but Nina starts kind of seeing herself in a lot of people. Like she'll see her herself in a woman walking by in like an alley, and Milikunas and Natalie Portman do already look very similar to each other. <laughs> so Tomas has her kind of like. Maybe like start to like watch how Lily performs, which then kind of gets into Nina's psyche a little bit more and starts hallucinating and also starts finding weird scratch marks on her back. Like her mom's like, wear these mittens, sweetie, when you sleep. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, you're you're scratching again. And it's like, girl, what? <laughs> what is going on in this household? To defy that crazy household, um, one night Nina accepts Lily's like offer, I guess, invitation. That's a better word, not offer, <laughs> to go out and have some drinks. And they kind of have a little bit of a wild night. They take some drugs. I don't know if it's ecstasy or something like that. Oh, girl, that um, was definitely that was definitely ecstasy. That was definitely ecstasy. Okay, great. And they like meet a few guys. Lily's getting it. Nina very much still somehow has her like guardrails up a little bit uh the two gals leave the club together and they go to nina's house where the mom is pissed off that her fully adult daughter went out to have mm -hmm. drinks with a colleague <laughs> and she got home late and then they like scream at the mom you laugh at the mom and then uh, get down to business in Nina's bedroom, or at least what she thinks is what's happening. You and a guy that's like, wham, wham, wham. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um, arguably one of the hottest sex scenes in cinema. <laughs> am, I, am I wrong? No. And she, and Lily has like a giant, like those black wings tattooed on her back. And those start flapping a little bit. And then... <laughs> At one point, <laughs> Nina thinks like she's like hooking up with herself. Essentially, I don't. This all gets weird, and then she wakes up hungover and late for late. For, I was gonna say late for class. <laughs> late she for is a child after all. <laughs> late for um, I don't know the next day, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dress rehearsal—that's the right word. Yeah, sorry because guys. Her, because her mom is mad at her. She's not waking in, waking her up. Her mom's just basically like this is taking too much of you. You shouldn't be doing this anymore. When she does eventually make it over there, she sees that Lily, already her understudy, as is for the role, uh, is like filling in. And Nina continues to flip out and get pissed off at this. Yeah, and also um, they didn't hook up. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> Lily's like, what are you talking about? I went home with this guy. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I Once again, I'm thinking about the scary movie five scene where she is... <laughs> with the microwave <laughs> where she is uh very much hallucinating herself <laughs> oh cinema mm. yes as we near the actual opening night the hallucinations are going more and more insane and her rashes are becoming more and more evident and she starts like seeing herself be evil in the mirrors <laughs> occasionally and every time she tries to have an intimate moment with herself it's um rudely interrupted by various factors yes absolutely um so she has truly lost grip on reality mm -hmm. at this point the role is just too overbearing for her but it is an amazing role so why would she ever want to give it up as one amazing line in the film is said i'm the swan queen you're just mad you never left the core as she yells oh. to her mom who was also a ballerina yeah, she basically transforms into a swan at one point and hits her head on the her end of her bed and just like the exorcist believer, actually. <laughs> and she wakes up on the opening night and like we just talked about, her mom is not letting her go because she's too concerned for her. Nina says those iconic lines that you already 
snatched I'm a little gagged I'm like ooh, I'm, I'm listening to it in my head <laughs> Natalie is so good in this um and she makes it to opening night and convinces Tomas to allow her to take back her role and she's ready to serve um oh and let's talk about it let's talk about it um first of all she does the iconic white swan um however there are some like you know little eh parts here and there she gets dropped at one point um once again she has a little child's voice where she's like he dropped me it wasn't me it was him. <laughs> um so tomas is already like this is a flop of an evening then she sees lily in her dressing room and she's basically like you're you took the role away from me why can't you just let me do this blah 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 um and she stabs her and then mm -hmm. has to drag her into a closet as she has five <laughs> minutes to get dressed as the black swan. Right. Play. Well, okay, literally she like shoves her into the mirror and she's like, it's my turn. And her eyes are like red and there's like the feather and her like neck is growing. And then, yeah, the body. And it's like, you have only a couple of minutes to get ready. And there's blood, you know what I mean? Like she has to clean all this glass up <laughs> and you have to get into like your new, your black swan look and get all, all that ready to go and then retouch up makeup. It's like, how much time do you have? Seriously. When she does get ready and goes out, she is serving as the black mm. swan. She is fully letting herself go, getting into this character and she turns into a swan, which I, I love the visual effects of this scene. Like, the feathers coming out of her um, arms, literally turning into wings and then doing the like final bow as the swan and everybody in the theater was like, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Everyone was gagged. Tomas was gagged. I think Nina herself was gagged. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, was that me? Wow. <laughs> She's like, I ate that. Y'all see how I ate that? <laughs> and she's getting ready for what, like curtain call or standing ovation whatever you know whatever's going on at this point in the ballet and goes back to her dressing room and there is no blood to clean or corpse in the bathroom and lily comes in and congratulates her and she's like what the fuck is going on <laughs> who did i stab she stabbed herself wah, wah. which girl how do you not notice a sharp thing of mirror sticking out of your belly? That must hurt quite a lot as you are on your tippy toes, dancing for your life, and also like being hoisted into the air too. I bet, bet all the men right. are like, uh, And there's no blood even. like, right? And there's no blood like leaking on them. You know what I mean? Like they're shoving the shards of glass further into <laughs> her like organs. And she's like, keep going. This feels amazing. <laughs> she's like, what? <laughs> until finally she is ready to do like the show stopping finale um actually before that in the dressing room she looks down and she's like oh shit i didn't know there was a whole glass standing outside of my abdomen and now my white beautiful ballet gown is just soaked in blood better go out now <laughs> <laughs> and she does <laughs> and she nails it yeah she um following the story of swan lake she goes up to the little cliff and you know pays her final respects to her cast members and the audience and falls onto the mattress behind the cliff which again probably causes more blood actually it does cause more blood to come out of her I'm watching it, it on mind. It does. The when she's flapping up mm -hmm. on there and then the blood is just expanding. And I was and no, like, oh. and no one sees it in the audience. No, they're all like, huh, that's a nice touch to the costume. <laughs> and then her final lines, I was perfect. I felt it. I was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the screen fades white, and that is Black Swan. We don't really know if she dies or not, which I'm okay with. I think Natalie said in an interview that she doesn't think she died. Like it was her like journey into becoming like an actual woman essentially mm. but also i'm like yeah but like also go to like <laughs> go but to a also, mental hospital please but also first let's get her patched up because her spleen is definitely <laughs> cut open um and then we can go into a psychiatric hospital if necessary um, oh it's necessary uh -huh. and then uh yeah let's find a new apartment in new york city for her <laughs> mm -hmm. she can live with lily or something shit i don't know yeah i would love that yeah, I want to live with Mila Kunis. Actually, I don't. Don't they? They don't watch their kids. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, never mind. 
and also they've had some drama in recent oh they weeks, have so. they have had some drama yeah mm, never mind although mm, yeah never mind I, i'm not gonna continue with what i was gonna say <laughs> um yeah and that is black swan for ya i feel like i remember saying she had like borderline personality but she might have a couple of things there might be a little bit more going on here i think there might be some uh some evidence of schizophrenia but mm-hmm. you know yeah just, just the ballet life i suppose the swan who, queen life who are we to judge <laughs> i adore this movie i've seen it i've seen it way too many times i know you have seen it way too many times too we've already seen it way too many times together as is and it is such a good time do you remember they had when they had the stunt double for her and she went like crazy after the movie came out and was like i actually did all of the movie but then like they came back and said no, we went through each like individual frame and you were in like a total of 30 seconds of the movie. Something like that. <laughs> yes, I do remember that. <laughs> like Natalie was doing ballet for like a year and a half for the movie. Not to say she's like, you know, obviously you're going to need a, a, a dance double. Like there's no way around it. But yeah, I mean, just the genre of psychological horror, the storytelling, I mean, the editing, like everything about this movie, the production, and of course Natalie performed. Natalie Performin is what I was about to say. Well, she does perform. <laughs> correct. Um, it literally my all time favorite Oscar like winning role because mm-hmm. I don't. It's just I don't know how. To, it's like a masterclass in acting. It is. It's also one of those genres that really doesn't get much awards recognition as is. Um, but she elevated it beyond you know just a quote-unquote horror movie or psychological thriller movie it was just so many different layers to her character and it feels very much lived in like this is a legitimate person who is struggling and trying to be better but there are limitations that she cannot get past and we're seeing like evidence of her all throughout like we talked about her seeing herself several times throughout this movie in different places Um, we're seeing like the dark side of her too. So like, it's just the dual range in acting. And when you go back and watch it, you're, you miss so much. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy. We, we just watched a visual effects video for this movie. And there was so many like parts where they were like project Natalie's face on other ballerinas as they walk by, which you would never catch in like a blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. And just like the attention to detail. This is one of those movies where like everything is so intentional and just is like packaged up and like tied with a bow. And it just works so well. I never get tired of it. No, this is absolutely my favorite Darren Aronofsky movie. I mean, we both love mm-hmm. Mother. Um, I watched Requiem for a Dream like a, a few months ago for the first time ever. And very uncomfortable, but very good movie. Mm-hmm. I've seen as many of his movies as I think is humanly possible. But like this one <laughs> is top tier for me. And I mean, listen, the stats show it. I mean, it was I think it literally made like over $300 million and was made on like a $10 million budget. <laughs> But yeah, like like we talked about earlier, it's not really necessarily a Halloween movie, but <laughs> it's it's a it's under the genre of horror. And we actually talked about last week. There's only a couple of horror movies that do get the best picture nomination. And you just talked about it a little bit too. But I remembered the last one because I was missing one. After we talked about Get Out, Black Swan, The Exorcist, it was Silence of the Lambs, and oh, it literally right. won. Right, it literally won Best Picture. <laughs> right. Um. Well, also, um, The Sixth Sense also got several nominations. I don't know if it was nominated for Best Picture that year, but I do know that that one got, like, Tony Collette. I think Bruce Willis got nominated, all these people. Mm-hmm. I also recently watched that last week. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't seen Black Swan, you absolutely should. If you have seen it, you absolutely should again. It'd be funny if, like, anyone that listened to this hasn't seen Black Swan and they're just listening to us talk about a movie they haven't seen before. They're That's like, been yeah. out for 13 years. Huh, I really should watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is like I, I think it is my like number one movie of all time. It's just I will never get tired of Black Swan. I'm pretty sure it's on my letterbox top four. Good. It's in mine too. Good. <laughs> but do you know what else is in mine? Is it this next movie that we might be speaking about? It sure is. It's another oh. movie about a white woman that goes really crazy in a dance in a dance academy. <laughs> And weird shit happens right and left. We'll stick around and we will get to that conversation when we come back. So my, well, okay, I was going to say I have a hot take, but 
I think both Suspirias can live in harmony. They're both vastly different from one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so I was gonna say my hot take is that I like this one more, but I do like I love the original Suspiria too. It's it's like it's an iconic movie. I really appreciate how different Luca Guadagnino made this remake because he could have just very easily done as most remakes or sequels do like the same exact thing you know nothing new but he really built on several more characters this time around he built on like the whole lore around the three mothers and threw in the most fucked up scenes you might ever see in a movie (laughs) (laughs) correct and well the original Suspiria is I think 99 minutes long and Mm. this new one is 152 minutes long (laughs) so you do definitely get at least an hour's worth of more content correct whether you like it or not but um yes Suspiria by Luca Guadagnino came out in 2018 I remember watching the trailer like 25 times a day just to like get myself excited and it's based on the late 70s movie by Dario Argento King of Italian horror, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they bring back Jessica Harper in a fun little cameo later on, she, who played the original Susie, mm-hmm. who is now played by Dakota Johnson. My queen. We also have in this movie Mia Goth as Sarah, um, Tilda Swinton as three everyone else. <laughs> ev- literally everyone else. She plays three different characters the psychologist. Uh, Madame Blanc, who is the leader of this dance academy, and Madame Marcos, who, boy, you cannot wait to see who this character is. <laughs> Correct. Who is also the leader of the dance? I don't really understand how that works. <laughs> right. Yeah. She is, I guess, the leader of the coven, the witch's coven. Yes. And, but it's called like the Marcos Dance Academy, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> um, this is set in the actual, the same year of the original release of Suspiria by Dario Argento. And it's set in the German autumn, which confuses a lot of people. (laughs) It's set in 1977 Berlin, in a very, very divided Berlin, since the walls still existed during that time. Also, I have to preface, I could literally talk about this movie for probably two hours straight. (laughs) Like, Yeah, you could talk about (laughs) it for the full length of the film itself. Mm -hmm. Which is a very long movie, like we talked about. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we talked about... um, Dakota Johnson, who honestly is so amazing in this movie. I know. You know. Do you remember when people said like she couldn't act? It was very Kristen Stewart-esque of people mm-hmm. just to hate on women. Just watch Suspiria. Like, she really? is so good in this movie. Every single like nuance and everything, because she's a crazy little Mennonite girl. <laughs> I love Dakota Johnson. She mm-hmm. is one of my absolute favorite actresses. I literally cut my hair to look like her hair you with did. bangs. <laughs> So my love goes deep for her. And yes, you know, she was in a franchise in the Fifty Shades of Grey franchise where we had some good times with those movies, not saying that they were the best movies of all time, but she did a fine job. Both of them Mm -hmm. did a fine job. Yeah, people just like to be rude. (laughs) They do, but she's done many, many good roles since then. And this is one of them. I showed this to my mom the other night. She couldn't believe that that was Dakota Johnson. She was like, that's her? And I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's like, I cannot recognize her whatsoever. (laughs) Well, that might be because she has like 80 inches of long red wig on. (laughs) That is is one of them. She's like, when did she have this red hair? I was like, never. It's a wig mom. (laughs) (laughs) Did she recognize Tilda Swinton as the therapist? Or psychology. No, yeah, <laughs> I, I had to tell her that that was Tilda. And she was like, man, that woman will do anything. And I was like, ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? <laughs> so yes, Dakota Johnson is Susie, who is a Mennonite and basically escapes her terrible family home in Ohio. Mm-hmm. We don't know too much about it other than her mom is dying. <laughs> <sighs> the sound work in this film is on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait to get into what Oscar nominations I think Suspiria <laughs> should have gotten. <laughs> I agree. So Susie is making her way to Berlin. Meanwhile, we have a very weirdly casted Chloe Grace Moretz <laughs> as Patricia, who is in the Academy, but she has vanished after telling her psychotherapist, uh, I, Clem, Klemper, Klemper, I don't know how to say his Clem- name. Klemper, Klemper, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to say Tilda Swinton. Clemps. 
Clems, there we go. Uh, Tilda Swinton plays the old man psychotherapist, Clems. And she is telling him that this dance academy is run by a coven of witches. And they cut, they stole her hair, her eyes, her urine. They're all, they'll hollow her out and do something to her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and On a he's plate. like, correct. <laughs> and he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, mein Fräulein. You need more help than I can give you. <laughs> please, please go to a psych ward. <laughs> please, my Fräulein, you need to leave right now. <laughs> oh, shit. But she is telling him... <laughs> God damn it. She is telling him that there are these three mothers who are witches, actually, who predate all of Christianity. Um, let's I'm going to say it like he does. Mata Lacrimorum, Mata Tenebrab, and Mata Susperiorum. Darkness, tears, and sighs. Scheiße! <laughs> Stream Lady Gaga song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he's like, girl, what? Um, and meanwhile, Susie gets to the Academy and she auditions and she's looking for Madame Blanc, the other Tilda Swinton, who... Mm-hmm. Is the I would say the main Tilda Swinton of the three Tildas. That's correct. Yes, we see her the most. She is the woman who has the straightest, longest hair of all time. She has the straightest, longest skirts of all time. (laughs) She is serving German librarian. (laughs) She is. Susie has always somehow had like a a drawn fascination to Berlin, as we kind of see later down the line. Um, But she has seen Madame Blanc perform previously and she knew that she needed to join her academy so she goes and my god does she give one of the strangest dance performances I've ever seen in my life um and that's to say that we get some very strange dance performances here but could you just imagine watching somebody literally like crawling on their hands and knees Mm -hmm. and being like oh she she's got to get into this academy (laughs) (laughs) i remember the initial thought i had was like why are they dancing like this and then we'll we'll definitely be talking about this several times throughout but there are so many ideas that i think are really good ideas that luca has for suspiria and he throws them out there but then I, i think things get hard to actually see like come to fruition mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. but so i because like you have to look up so much stuff and i remember looking up like why they were doing and it was like this like brutalist expressionist dancing that was like very rebellious especially for like women especially in the time of like this mm-hmm. divided berlin in the german autumn so and i remember later on in the movie when tilda says like uh dance can never be beautiful again something like that mm-hmm. um so it's it's just not the typical dancing you would expect from a dance academy especially because the original suspiria i think was supposed to be ballet <laughs> despite never seeing any ballet in the original movie no that's pretty much like the theme of this movie in general it's about like women's rebellion and trying to come out from a very very strained time in german history this is after world war ii after the country has been split into two parts and the city of Berlin itself being split into West and East Berlin and like so much, I feel like so much creativity, like being put on pause and just darkness, like mm-hmm. clouding over this country. I feel like there's a lot you need to know about the history going yeah. into this uh, because, and I asked you about this too, like over the radio broadcast, they keep talking about these, um, like this hostage situation and they, I I didn't I never noticed this before on any other rewatch but when I watched it this time I was like man they keep talking about this like the entire time yeah until like you the pointed, bombs and all that yeah. yeah until you pointed out that article as to like why they were doing it and I still was like maybe I don't know yeah <laughs> well like you were just talking about though like you really do have to understand what's happening in Germany at that time especially in the divide of Berlin because essentially what's happening there is also happening within the dance academy mm-hmm and we're seeing all of the dance instructors, I guess. I mean, I love this version of Spiria for several reasons, but the original, the gag it's the gag is at the end is that they're actually witches. It's not like this killer, it's a coven of witches. Mm-hmm. The very first like minute of this movie, you know that this is a dance academy run by a coven of witches. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing them essentially, but but my question was like, what 
what are they then in the actual dance academy are they all just like different instructors i guess yeah i guess so i mean we do see them like when they are in right. the dance studio and all but there are a few of them where i'm like what is your role here mm -hmm. like the one with the glasses for <laughs> yeah we saw what her role was. <laughs> <laughs> um but no so they're all voting basically who should run the coven right they're voting mm -hmm. for marcos or blanc mm -hmm. both are tilda swinton but <laughs> Which one um, do you want? <laughs> right, right. And I think the the general consensus is that Blanc should have been the winner of that vote, but they stick with Marcos, who has been running the coven for centuries, and she is, apparently, she is Mother Suspiriorum. So she's apparently one of the strongest witches alive. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So that's kind of why you should probably have that understanding of what's going on in, in Europe at that time. As Susie then joins the group, um, she makes quite an impression on madame blanc right away because she i guess i should preface this by saying there's one student named olga who basically mm. has had it with the academy she is basically outing them saying like i don't know if she explicitly says in the moment that they're witches or not but she's basically like i don't like what's going on here and she is trying to leave well because remember when patricia was like oh and you tell olga what's happening right mm. they were in on the conspiracy yeah uh, Olga leaves and then the girls are basically like well what do we do now she was the lead dancer of Volk they're very fucked up dance mm -hmm. and Susie is like oh I've seen this performed so many times in the documentary I've seen it performed live I can do it and so she starts to dance the <laughs> dance of another <laughs> and uh, at the same time Olga is like drawn into this one mirrored room where she becomes trapped in it and somehow Susie and her shocking moves <laughs> are like then reciprocated onto Olga and she is like twisting and turning she's a human pretzel and I think pretty sure that that actress who did that like she did most of those moves herself right mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. she was like she's a professional dancer <laughs> so she can right um i remember when i think there was some kind of film fest or something that was happening and luca played that clip and there were like reports that like several people got from their tables and left the room <laughs> oh, yes i think that might have been at venice where i think this yeah. premiered it was um it is easily like probably the most disgusting and hard to watch thing i've seen in a horror movie mm -hmm. and it is so fun to watch uh don't ask, my, don't ask my mom though <laughs> <laughs> well same because my parents are sitting there like uh and i'm like i'm like eating it i'm like mm. Mm. you <laughs> no, but yeah. down popcorn oh. <laughs> no really no really um but yeah no since um olga's kind of outing them she's done with the academy blanc is like well fuck you girl and puts like those like her little like powers on suit you know like do you remember her hands like learning whatever yeah and yeah like you said she just turns her unintentionally susie turns this poor woman into a human pretzel <laughs> sorry um later on we see the academy's matrons take like what large hooks and just like shove it yeah, in her I think body fish hooks yes and then they just drag her out and i was like well that's nice <laughs> right and she's still alive so it's like oh like you have like, like several fish hooks go through your flesh and like lift your body up Ugh. fun day so after Susie unintentionally kills or well nearly kills this poor woman um she befriends Sarah who is played by Mia Goth who has now become the new scream queen <laughs> she really has this x pearl mm -hmm. infinity pool I mean girl she's like everything mm -hmm. she does is just like crazy so when Mia Goth is built on something, I want to see it. I'm, I'm obsessed with her. Yes. And Susie, well, Sarah was supposed to be kind of the new protege after Olga, you know, <laughs> nearly died. Um, but then Susie ends up kind of climbing up the ranks with Blanc and they become very close and have this kind of like mother-daughter dynamic, but also mm -hmm. kind of lesbian dynamic at the same time. <laughs> gets, a little, gets a little muddled here and there. <laughs> at the same time, Sarah starts kind of getting a little suspicious with what's going on in the academy she has a meeting with Klemps where he shows <laughs> him uh, Patricia's diary where she talks about all these weird things that were happening to her how she described that there were like secret rooms in this dance academy where nobody could you know find them um, I'm sure probably hearing weird stuff and at first Sarah is very dismissive of it but I think she starts seeing more and more where she's like oh I can't just entirely ignore this 
Yeah, and I think that's also when he explains the three mothers to her too, and she's like, "Fuck this." <laughs> <laughs> At the same time, Blanc starts like feeding these dreams to Susie, which is what they do to their proteges. Um, they take her urine at one point as I as they were all mm-hmm. like peeing into those, I guess, drug cups. But really, we know what they were and, doing. And, and you peed. <laughs> um, and they and they took her hair, just like just like Chloe Grace Moret said. Yes, very great details put into the beginning of this movie that you have to pay attention to right away. Um, and you Susie, actually really do. <laughs> and then we start to see that, like, yeah, Susie starts to change. She. I don't know, just feels more at home into this academy right away. And I guess, I don't know if she realizes everything that's happening to her or if it comes down later down the line, but we'll talk about that. We will. And yeah, they're getting ready to perform Volk. And Susie, of course, is the protagonist here. And God, Volk comes around and Sarah at this point is kind of just like, yep, this is this is fucked something's fucked mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh basically finds one of the hidden passageways and they kind of go down to like catacombs or something like a very ominous dungeon in the basements of the academy yeah <laughs> and she finds a disfigured patricia chloe grace Moret. so she's still hanging in there somehow but she's very much like a zombie <laughs> and olga too right wasn't she down there? Too? I don't know who that was. I don't either. Because with that, like, the, you know what I mean? Yeah, the legs were also kind of like yeah. chopped off of whatever it was, but she does appear at the end. Yeah, I don't. That, I, I, it has to be Olga, but it, I don't think it was. It was I mean, it very easily could have been another person from before the movie started. But it really, yeah. I mean, everybody's dropping like flies around here. Sarah, only only evictions in the dance academy uh, only truly only death in the marcos dance academy <laughs> uh sarah is basically sees this and is truly like fuck this i gotta get out but the other witches in the academy can sense that she's lurking around and so they uh break her leg by creating like mm. a hole in the floor where Mia Goth's yell is like one of the most bone-chilling yells you could ever hear. And then uh, above ground, Volk is happening. Truly a very satanic type of dance ritual is going on. Yeah, Volk is giving satanic. It's also giving cinematic excellence. I would rewatch Volk like like every day of my life if I had like the time to turn on Prime Video. <laughs> it's literally the most like captivating and very like intense and well edited and constructed scene and the choreography like we talked about is very brutal and ominous and yeah Sarah is basically brought back in with her disgusting leg they kind of heal it over and make her dance it because it's it's a spell essentially they're kind of conjuring some shit to go on later on in the movie um but no literally Volk is like my in my like I don't know top three favorite like scenes of like all time it is just so captivating to watch I would love to know how long it took to choreograph Volk because there are so many moving parts like literally every single dancer has something different to do including Mia Goth who is fighting for her life here (laughs) (laughs) and Susie kind of notices that something's wrong with her because she literally well first of all she literally walks in mid-performance so I don't know (laughs) The witches are that concerned with doing this, like, spell to, like, have their audience question why a dancer is walking in halfway through the performance. Huh, I don't remember that in dress rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) A very small detail happens, and Susie and Sarah's eyes switch colors. Yes. And it it very clearly looks like Tilda Swinton is, Blanc is, like, in the corner, like, doing the moves for Sarah, right? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that too this time. Um, Yeah, they were basically manipulating Sarah to continue going on. But then Susie was also then like manipulating Sarah, which kind of caused the spell to break and Sarah to just collapse and her mangled leg to shatter once again. I can hear her screaming like in my head right now. And I'm like, oh, God. Yes, I will say some parts of this movie I think could kind of be trimmed, um, such as many parts dealing with Dr. Klemp's. Um, he mm-hmm. has a whole storyline about his deceased wife, 
um, who was played by the original Suspiria girly, Jessica. I guess I, I understand they're giving him a little bit more to do, but I don't know. Sometimes those scenes, I'm like, eh, I could have gone without this. The thing is, I don't think they need to cut them. I think they need to make them shorter. Like, that too. <laughs> I, I, I get what they want to do, but especially by the end of the movie, I get what the message here is. But like, mm-hmm. when he's like traveling to his little cottage, it takes like five minutes. And then when he's at the police station, it takes like five minutes. It's like, you can make these a lot shorter and make him a lot more, more of a supporting character, which he clearly is here. Yeah. Yeah, and like you talked about too, like Susie is kind of, in my opinion, well, I guess we can talk about it later. Never mind. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to spoil the ending, but <laughs> I'll wait. Um, the next day, Susie is going to this like dinner with all the matrons and they're all getting wasted. <laughs> yeah, you can hear Blanc basically communicating with all of them and saying like, we need to, it's good for them to see us out in the community so that they don't suspect us or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, girl, at this point, Thing, shit's going off the rails with this academy <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah then i guess we have like dual storylines because like you just talked about with clemfy <laughs> he finds his presumably presumed deceased wife uh who i think she was last like they were separated in like east germany or something like that when the nazis were kind of doing their doing their shit <laughs> so she's been presumed dead this whole time and she tells him that she faked her death and, you know, flee and started a new life in England. And this is another scene where things could have been trimmed down very, very much so. Mm-hmm. But it does lead him to the Academy where yes. we are about to embark on the journey of a lifetime. The matrons essentially trick him and his deceased wife is actually one of the matrons and she like lured him to bear a witness to... An impending witch's Sabbath. Fun All day. Right. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Bu- buckle up, buckle up for girls and boys. After this witchy dinner, Susie Govess goes back to the academy and she's basically like lured into this dark basement chamber where she sees Blanc. Um, many of her ma- other matrons, all naked, um, and to mm-hmm. her left, uh, Marcos, who that woman has not put on a thing of lotion in like 500 years her skin looks like a turtle's neck in my Mm. opinion there's like a little baby hand on her arm that i noticed i think the last time i watched it and then i saw it again this time i'm like ew and the hand moves (laughs) she's nasty she's like a giant yeah she's like a giant fat like worm turtle witch hybrid with like tanning bed sunglasses on <laughs> kevin schwaller review she's nasty <laughs> she's she's nasty <laughs> uh, uh, and um she's like oh he's here. <laughs> and then blanc is like something's off here i don't know about this like Susie, are you sure because at this point it is very Susie has understood the fact that they want to use her body like they wanted to use Patricia's very early on in the beginning for Marcos to take over and kind of just move her spirit and herself into a younger, not corpsey body. Mm-hmm. And with really bad teeth. With really bad teeth. <laughs> After things start happening, um, Blanc is essentially almost decapitated for saying anything bad about stopping the ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's one more little secret that's here to be spilled, like all the blood that's being spilled in this basement. Yeah, the lights just turn red all of a sudden, and weird shit starts happening, and Susie essentially reveals that she is actually, in fact, Mother Suspirium. <laughs> Surprise! And at this point, this is completely derailed from the original Suspiria, by the way. <laughs> Susie is not the witch in the original movie. Um yeah, so Marcus has just been lying this whole time to the whole, whole coven for centuries, essentially, saying she's like one of the three all-time mothers, when it, in fact it's Susie. And that's people are kind of like, oh, did she know the whole time? Did she not? I don't think she did, but I think, I want to say, I think she noticed, or she like fully got to what was happening at the end of Volk, when she's like looking up at um, Blanc, and her mm-hmm. she like sheds the single tear. And they telepathically communicate to each other, like in her room. She says like, I, I know that like things have somehow been going on. And then she also has been drawn to Germany, as we said in the beginning, her entire life. But I don't think she knew exactly why. 
No, I think, yeah, I think something with the spell, like, I don't know. Yeah, I think because like at the when she's like sitting on the ground next to Sarah, she's like, like I said, there was like a single tear shed. And then she like just stops crying and just like looks up ominously. And then from the rest, from there on the rest of the movie, she has brown eyes. And I think, I think that's kind of like a nice little factor because Dakota Johnson was like, oh, yeah, I think it's a very subtle moment for when Susie knows I want the audience to guess. And she never has said when. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're fighting, Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after she reveals that she is, in fact, Mother Suspiriorum, she summons death to kill Marcos and her most faithful matrons, including those who voted for Marcos. And she only spares those who voted for Blanc. Downstairs also are Patricia, Olga, and Sarah, who each have seen way better days. Um, <laughs> and they they plead to die, which Susie does grant them very nicely, a nice gentle death compared to what they were probably going to suffer from. Yeah, I mean, there's either like a nice little kiss on the forehead and just like falling over versus like, the organs inside of your body exploding outside of your body and causing like a very bloody <laughs> just explosion of your everything it's a choose <laughs> your own death adventure is doing <laughs> no really and death is just like he's just walking around he's like kind of like strutting his stuff a little bit he's just really he's like boop boop, boop. <laughs> and yeah several women are dead Susie is dancing with the rest of the ones who aren't dead <laughs> la, 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 la. <laughs> a little rainbow like comes out and the sun comes out and that's the spirit <laughs> no. Yay! it is funny <laughs> to me how like the next day they're all like oh wow it was so tired i had such a great sleep last night and then some random woman is like oh yeah blanc has left us and i'm just like boy if you guys saw like the buckets of blood that they are like mopping up downstairs you would understand Mm. what Blanc is going through well then also though like Blanc is alive when they put her head back on so I'm like well you know yeah and then Susie essentially has taken her on her role as the real matron and she goes to talk to Kemp's and very nicely tells him what actually happened to his wife where she did sadly die in the concentration camp but she kind of told him, like, so I'm sorry that we kind of had to bring you here. I couldn't stop it. We need, what did she say? She's like, we need guilt and shame, but not from you, something mm-hmm. like that. Which is kind of the message here, because everyone is just going back to what's happening in Germany. Is like everyone's choosing to ignore a very violent history and genocide. <laughs> and at this point, Susie is, you know, a, a, a witch, an evil witch, but also... Is kind of I, I feel like doing this weird reparations thing where she has decent intentions actually. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she seems more kind than Marcos would ever be. Yeah. <laughs> and that is Suspiria. Uh, I I I gotta give it to you. When I showed my mom, she truly stood up and was like, huh. And that was about all she could muster <laughs> <bust her> to say. <laughs> my parents saw it with me. Well, I already talked about it on the podcast, but I, I literally drove home two and a half hours to see this movie because I didn't think it was playing where I was living. It was, but that's not the point. <laughs> um, my mom started, like, filing her nails during, like, explosions of all the witches at the end in the bloodbath. She was so over it, and I'm sitting there, like, living for it. I'm like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> more, more! <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's, like, the, the fact that, like, Luca took this, like, 90s Italian... Or 90s, I'm sorry, 70s Italian horror movie... And, like, added a whole, like, extra hour with, like, themes of, like, guilt and abuse of power and, like, also, like, feminism and motherhood and shit like that. It's just, like, all in this crazy, unhinged, very brutal film. Kind of a serve. (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) It's, like, the depressing, like, weirder older sister, even though the original Spiria is the older sister. But do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like the gothic one that stays in her room and, like, reads weird books while the other sister's like, woo! <laughs> now, what Oscars do you wish that this movie got? <clears throat> well, okay, it should have literally gotten Best Makeup and Hairstyling. Like, like okay, there's different nominations and wins. I think they genuinely should have won for Makeup and Hairstyling. They have Tilda Swinton in an old man bodysuit, and then also, like we said, like, the turtle skeleton <laughs> shit in marcos and mm-hmm. also death like his thing like it and just like all the blood and like the fake bones and what they did to olga like <sighs> i also think it could have gotten a costume design nomination at the very yeah. least because of 
the very interesting dresses that they wear during Volk, which is basically just like red string, but like very intricate knots and designs. And then just in general, what they're wearing. I mean, it's a it's a period piece. I, as someone that wants to do the Suspiria Volk costume for Halloween a couple of years ago, it is very, very hard to make. And I did not end up doing it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like if I was the, if I was in charge of the Oscars, if like, Hello, I'm Mr. Oscar, me. I would give it a Best Picture nom. I know it wouldn't get one, but I would do it. I also, I would actually give Tilda Swinton a solid supporting actress role. She plays three characters. I mean, at this point, she could just be in the Best Actress mm-hmm. nom- That's nomination. True. I mean, a score, I think, is beautiful. Mm. Production design is is breathtaking. I would say editing, but also it's like an over two and a half hour long movie. So when it comes to the editing, it's like, ugh. That that has not stopped any two and a half, three hour movie from getting nominated. That is true. I would also say best original song too for uh, the Thom York uh, Suspiria song. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I listen to it all the time. (laughs) Um, Sound? Sure. Why not? I don't care. All of the sighing and heavy breathing that's happening. Yes. When the fact that like Suspiriorum or whatever actual translation it goes down to there is sigh in there like we talked about um it's the mother of sighs which is weird but whatever there is so much sighing in this movie no like what you talked about with um like with the mom with her like laying in bed like her like desperate like releases mm-hmm. and inhales for air and just I mean in general Susie's always gasping like there's mm-hmm. oh, there's just so many little intricate things in here that I love so much about this. I know. I do enjoy rewatching this from time to time because I do pick up on more and more each time and it also is a movie that does deserve multiple viewings because it's a lot to take in at first. I think mm-hmm. you're like uh, what did I just watch? But then the second time you're like, "Oh, okay, now I'm I'm getting more of the history. You pick up more on like some of the behind the the details in the background like the hostage situation where I was like, "What is this?" I mean, I have seen this movie I believe 14 or 15 times mm-hmm. and there's still shit that I still I'm still picking up on. So it's really is a hard movie to watch. So it's not for everyone, but we do love like I said, we love a body horror woman going into a dance studio and losing her mind <laughs> genre of film so if you're ever trying to do like a double feature we would i would recommend black swan suspiria <laughs> that's a fun one when we come back we are going to get into our what's popping for the week so emma what is your what's popping of the week my what's poppin' is, since it's finally the weekend of October 20th, that means Killers of the Flower Moon by Martin Scorsese is finally out in theaters. I have not watched it since I watched it way back in May, but I do very highly recommend it to people. I think it's a really, really awesome telling of this story. I also do love that you will not be going to the theaters to watch it because it is three and a half hours. I was just about to say, huh. <laughs> <laughs> But it, but it really is amazing performances from Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, and Lily Gladstone. It's interesting how we have these this one and Oppenheimer as kind of like reckoning with the past kind of movies that we have. I do prefer Killers of the Flower Moon. I think that one worked a little bit more for me. Um, I do have some critiques for good old Marty. I'm sure he is desperately waiting to hear what I have to say about them. <laughs> but um, I am looking forward to rewatching it um in theaters at some point i'm a little busy this weekend so we'll it'll have to wait (laughs) well that's the thing is like it just it takes so much time to commit that's uh okay i will say this i did have to go out of my way to see oppenheimer to this really terrible theater very far out just because of the timing of it Mm -hmm. so if i look at times for killers of flower moon and they don't involve me having to drive like 25 minutes to see it. Maybe I will. But it's just like the the idea of committing four oh. and a half hours of your life. Mm-hmm. I mean, you no, know, with travel, with trailers, I would four and a half. It's just very time consuming. But I, I, I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> like I said, it did. It does. It is edited really well where it does go by quite well. And you don't necessarily realize you're in there until you step outside and you're like, I don't know what day it is anymore. But I do know that it'll come out on Apple TV at some point. So 
If you don't see it in theaters, you'll see it at home. So, Kevin, what is your what's popping for this week? Well, okay. I did tell some people that I would go see the Ares tour movie. And I, by the time this episode comes out, maybe I will have. But as of recording, I have not seen it. So <laughs> I'm not discussing it. <laughs> what I will be discussing is that the day we're recording this is 100 years ago today. Walt and Roy Disney founded the company that would become the Walt Disney Company. I saw that today. It's a hundred years of Disney. And it doesn't look a day over six. Oh. <laughs> Where's Belle? He's looking at the logo for the 100. Yeah. There she is. <laughs> I am looking at the logo for the 100. It's like all the little characters are in each like, oh. They're so sweet. Yeah. I, I can't believe it. Well, it's funny because... Disney World was celebrating their 50th anniversary um, for like three-ish years because of COVID. It was supposed to be 2020, uh -huh. I believe, or 2021, maybe. I don't remember. Uh -huh. But um, it was obviously delayed because of COVID. So like they just finished celebrating their 50th. And then all of a sudden it's like Disney 100. So I'm sure a lot of people that like go to Disney World like more than once a year are like, wait, what? How did mm -hmm. we go from 50 to 100? Mm -hmm. I bet they um, probably have some fun celebrations planned at Disney World and Disneyland today. They do. They All over the world they do. They have like giant character meetings and like giant like um, just like special like decorations and things you can buy that are like Disney 100 and stuff like that. And yeah, just 100 years of Disney... Girl, I can't believe you're not at Disney World right now. I know. I usually go in October, too. Hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> not there. Me recording the episode, like, walking around like Epcot. <laughs> Just hearing children screaming in the background of me. What? What did you say? I did see on Bob Iger's post as he was celebrating Disney's 100. <laughs> I just see a, saw an onslaught of comments saying, well, you know what would make the day even more special? If you gave the actors, <laughs> they mm. met their demands for the actors. Oh my God. Yeah, I actually saw his post too. I, mm. I, I Let me read these comments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best way to celebrate that legacy is by making a fair deal with SAG and putting the industry back to work. Yeah, yep. These are all about, mm -hmm. well, they're not wrong. <laughs> That's so toned up for him to post that. <laughs> I mean, he really has to because he's the CEO of the company. But like, girl, you guys didn't reach a deal. Speaking of, yeah, they it was last week published that both mm -hmm. sides basically had to walk away from the bargaining table because neither. Apparently, whatever the offer was that the companies gave the SAG team most recently was even lower one than what was initially proposed, which I'm like, how is that even <laughs> possible? <laughs> oh my God. If I'm remembering it correctly, I think it was along those lines, but I was like, that's not how this works. <laughs> <laughs> You're not fooling anyone. No. Um, and yes, the WGA strike officially ended as of a few days ago. I think everything was ratified with their new contract. Mm -hmm. All's good. But yeah, I, I was really hopeful that SAG would be able to like get things going very shortly after. But it looks like we are in for a long haul. Mm -hmm. So yeah, most of those, that shit we were talking about several, several weeks ago about delays. There will be, there those delays will be um, in place for the foreseeable future. It's crazy though, because like didn't SAG, it's like very much break it down like to like the easiest point possible. Like didn't SAG essentially join the strike? Like part of it being to support the writers to kind of like make this giant stance against like the industry. Yes. And I mean, also their contract too was very much expiring. Yeah. No, by like some of course, this but year. like, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah they joined no, no, forces. Yeah. And then, and then the writer's like, all right, we're good. And Sag's like, we're not. <laughs> I know. I, I guess I'm, I mean, unfortunately thinking vainly for the actors, especially those who are campaigning this year, mm -hmm. I'm sure they're all like, can I, can I talk about my movie so I can get an Oscar nom, please? Yeah, that's going to suck, especially for like Emma Stone for her movie who hasn't even come out yet. And Killers of Flower Moon. I'm so mad that they pushed poor things until December, January at this point. I can't even keep track. I just feel like I'm never mm. going to be able to see this movie at this point. <laughs> You're not. No, <laughs> nar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they've amped up their social media like game so much for all of these movies and shows. I got so many ads for Only Merch in the Building when it was airing, and I'm like, mm -hmm. I watched the show. I, I'm already <laughs> tuning in. <laughs> like, everything I clicked on was, like, an ad for something that was, like, a new TV show or a new movie or whatever. And it's just, like, 
I mean, that's how you have to do it, but <laughs> my God. And the directors have been hitting up the press junkets like crazy this year. The director's like, oh, we have to do it now. I know. <laughs> Margot Robbie's like, yeah. <laughs> Yar. Yar. <laughs> well, that'll do it for another episode of Weekly Pop. This was a very fun one. I am a big fan of our little themed girly episodes. I am too. And yeah, I mean, in general, like we said, like, these are two very different movies, but just have a fun little double feature this this spooky season. If you want to go a route that's a little bit different from like, you know, serial killers or the Saw movies or Conjuring, things like that. You can pair two different but um, very similar in thematics and general storyline films that we both yeah. happen to love. And there are still murders and decapitations and mm -hmm. body parts being chopped off in all in both of those movies, too. So you get it all, folks. You get mutilation, you get blood, you get crazy, crazy psycho <laughs> horror shit happening left and right. I'm dancing and I, as he's like listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, do I'm doing the Volk dance. Oh, God. Okay, let's end uh, this. Yes, I'm Emma Sasek. And I'm Kevin Schwaller. And we'll be back next week. Bye.